Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. On September 14th and 15th of 2022, the 7th Congress of Leaders of World and Traditional Religions took place in the Conference Hall of the Palace of Independence in the capital of Kazakhstan in Central Asia. Heads of every religion around the world were in attendance. Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, etc. all coming together in the spirit of peace and unity. That all sounds good and nice, but what's really the intention? of this meeting. The Congress is held once every three years in the same place, starting in 2003 in direct reaction to the events of 9-11, first focusing on countering terrorism and extremism issues. This year, Pope Francis, head of the Roman Catholic Church, attended in person and delivered the keynote message. Although his motto for the event was peace and unity, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, was never mentioned. And it seems that the Pope, the supposed head of Christendom, is more concerned with uniting with other religions rather than uniting in Christ as the Bible teaches. Is Pope Francis laying the groundwork for the emergence of a one-world religion? The crux of the United Nations' one-world order is global control, in part through a new world religion. As Robert Mueller, the former Assistant Secretary General of the UN, says, quote, Was it not inevitable that the UN would sooner or later also acquire a a spiritual dimension? What the world needs today is a convergence of the different religions, in the search for and definition of the cosmic or divine laws which ought to regulate our behavior on this planet. My religion, my nations, must be abandoned forever in the planetary age. In the opening of the Congress, the final declaration was read aloud by Joe Bailey Wells, a bishop of the Anglican Church of England. Aside from direct calls to a address climate change, economic inequality, and various social justice issues, the declaration states that the Congress is, quote, guided by our shared desire for a just, peaceful, secure, and prosperous world, bringing to mind 1 Thessalonians 5.3, which warns, when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. The opening statement also calls for the, quote, necessity for spiritual and political leaders to work together in addressing the challenges of our world. This idea of merging the church and state is also brought to light in Pope Francis's speech when he says, quote, There is a healthy connection between politics and transcendence, a sound form of coexistence that keeps their spheres distinct, distinct but not confused or separate. Transcendence is a word he uses in place of religion, and later in the speech he even defines transcendence as as, quote, the beyond worship, suggesting that all religions are at root worshiping the same thing, 
regardless of where their faith lies. He goes on to say, quote, Transcendence, for its part, must not yield to the temptation to turn into power, further pushing the church and state into unity. Quote, Know then to confusion between politics and transcendence, but know also to their separation. Just like ancient Babylon, the early Roman church was both a church and state power, religious and political, and it was also a conglomerate of various pagan belief systems before it ultimately merged with Christianity. Is Pope Francis trying to lead religions of the world into a merger with the Roman church? In his speech, he clearly states, quote, Our human family cannot advance if simultaneously united and divided, interconnected and torn apart. The Catholic Church believes in the unity of the human family. Based on what he says, it seems he does want to unite the religions of the world under the banner one of One world government, one world religion, one human resistance against all of it. Find and share that video at band.videoinfowars.com. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. You're watching us on InfoWars.com or band.video. However, you're finding this transmission. Thanks so much for being here with us. What epic times we find ourselves in, folks, and we will get into all of it. Tons of stories to cover today. As always, never any lack of absurdity to delve into. Today we'll be taking your phone calls as well and have a very special guest for the third hour. So stay tuned for that. But let's begin today as we do every day with our daily dispatch. Uh-oh. Right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Wednesday, the 5th of October, 2022. First up story from InfoWars. Musk plans to buy Twitter for $44 billion. Twitter intends to close the deal. It's happening. Cue the liberal meltdowns. And since this was announced yesterday, just so many changes to Twitter already. It's been noticeable. In fact, many accounts have seen their follower numbers drop by tens of thousands in some cases a lot of speculation as to what is actually behind this people don't know if it's twitter making a last round of purges before they have to hand over the keys to somebody who actually values free speech or perhaps these are bot networks that are being eliminated ahead of elon musk taking over so he won't reveal the Real lack of actual human beings on the site, but certainly lots of well, lots of the accounts on the right wing are finding that their follower accounts are significantly lower today than yesterday. Also, the trending tab is a little bit off the chain <laughs> this morning. Was uh, a little bit nutty with things trending like the Jews twinding, uh, trending thirty thousand tweets also hashtag democrats are evil and 10 percent for the big guy all of these things trending this morning when i checked twitter which is not usually what's trending now it looks like maybe they fixed it a little bit what's trending is chris chris pratt and gays so okay but we'll see what actual changes this 
makes as Elon takes over. Of course, it's so strange how Elon Musk, yesterday we had our top stories about Elon Musk as well, him tweeting out a peace plan for Ukraine and the insanity that came from it. It really just goes to show you that if you just do things slightly out of the ordinary, it's like our whole system can't handle it anymore. If you're a, a, a billionaire or some sort of big business tycoon, literally all you have to do is just not follow the mainstream narrative and you stand out like a sore thumb. <laughs> you're like a, a, a light in the darkness. Of course, Elon Musk has also tr- uh, tweeted out that the purchase of Twitter is just one step towards what he calls X, the everything app. It's like, no, no, thanks. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know, it's just just one of those things. It's like on one hand, he's buying Twitter and loves free speech. On the other hand, he's planting microchips in people's heads. You know, it's, you, you take the good with the bad. I guess, but that's a major story, and we'll talk about it and take your phone calls about that later as well. We also have this story, made major waves when it broke last night. CEO of election software firm Konek arrested for storing data servers on uh, in China. Eugene Yu, the CEO of software firm Konek, has been arrested in connection with the storage of data servers in China. Yu51 was arrested early Tuesday just outside of Lansing, Michigan, after prosecutors alleged he improperly stored the information on servers in China, according to Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon. Yu, who is the chief executive of a company named Konek, is expected to be extradited to Los Angeles in the coming days. He allegedly violated its contract by storing critical information that the workers provided on servers in China. Gascon said, we intend to hold all those responsible for this breach accountable. And uh, some pretty funny, some pretty funny uh, headlines from this that we'll show you later in the program. Where literally two days ago, they were writing stories calling any concerns about this company Konek a right-wing conspiracy theory, election-denying white supremacy. And then two days later, they <clears throat> all right. Uh, the CEO of Koenig has been arrested for misdeeds. <laughs> Just very quiet. Uh, you know, at first it's like these ridiculous right wing conspiracy theorists have another conspiracy they're bringing about, and then it comes out and they're like, <clears throat> yes, uh, the CEO of Koenig has been arrested. Nothing more to see here. Not the same vehemence when the truth comes out. Interesting how that happens. This is just a headline for the ages. It really is. It encapsulates so much of what the Democrats and the mainstream media are all about. Florida leaders rejected major climate laws. Now they're seeking storm aid. (laughs) That's right. They rejected our major climate laws. Yeah, we were going to make hurricanes illegal, but they didn't want to do that. So now they're suffering the consequences. And now they come begging for help. (laughs) As if the climate laws... Would have done anything to change anything. I mean, these people are delusional. I don't even know how much more I can elaborate on this. Just let's just read that headline again. Florida leaders rejected major climate laws. Now they're seeking storm aid. As if one has to do with the other. As if the implication here is if they had voted for the climate laws, not necessarily they would have prevented the hurricane, but now they would have deserved help. Repairing from the hurricane. 
that's the point, right? It's that if you don't submit, you don't deserve our help anymore. Kind of reminds you of the vaccine, right? Well, they didn't get the vaccine, so I guess they don't get a heart transplant anymore. I guess they have to deal with that, you know, cirrhosis of the liver by themselves because they didn't get our vaccine. Has nothing to do with the other. You know, one is completely independent of the other, but these people are petty, vindictive psychopaths who feel like you deserve to have your house leveled by a hurricane because you didn't give billions of dollars to oil companies who were paying Greta Thunberg to go give speeches to people. It's all a shell game. It's all ridiculous. It's all anti-human, anti-Christ nonsense. (laughs) They rejected major climate laws. And now they got hit by a hurricane. Told you. <laughs> These people. It really is incredible. Hey, here's a horrifying revelation in pre-crime. DNA used <laughs> – this is just crazy. Police used DNA phenotyping in unsolved sexual assault. On Sunday, March 10th, 2019, at approximately 5.45 a.m., police received a call that a female was found yelling for help in the area of 103rd Street and 114th Avenue. When police arrived, they located a woman in her mid-20s who sustained serious injuries and was wearing only a shirt. The person that did this got away, but they got DNA from the assault, and they have now used that DNA to come up with a mugshot of the person that they think it was following a long investigation where no witnesses, CCTV, public tips or DNA matches were found. Detectives took the step of enlisting Parabon Nano Labs, a DNA technology company in Virginia that specializes in advanced DNA analysis services. The services used in this case was DNA phenotyping, the process of predicting physical appearance and ancestry from unidentified DNA evidence. Law enforcement agencies used the criminal snapshot copyright DNA phenotyping service to narrow suspect lists and generate leads in criminal investigations. And this would be a great thing, right? Trust the science. This is an advance in science. We can solve crime. Uh, But then you get the picture of the guy and it turns out that science is racist and we have to stop. We have to stop this right now. This is unacceptable. How dare you come up with a likely suspect based on DNA How dare you? It's racist now. Yeah, the guy's black, so there's that. Finally, we have this story, and we'll get into this more later in the show, but Republicans are gaining ground in Senate races in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Oregon also now up for grabs in the gubernatorial contest. Looks like Republicans are making gains across the nation. What false flag hysterical terrorist attack will Democrats do to stay in power? Anything's on the table. Nuclear war. By the will of God. And by God working through you and your support, InfoWars continues to persevere against attacks never before seen in the Western world against independent media. Thanks for keeping me in the fight. And over the years, you have come to the table. You have stepped to the plate so many times and kept InfoWars and free speech on the air. And I thank you. But now I have my own legal bills that have reached the point that I can't pay them. And I need your support. So if you want to keep this operation moving forward, if you want to back me in this fight against the globalists, please visit SaveInfoWars.com. And SaveInfoWars.com takes you a URL at Give Sin Go for direct Alex Jones Legal Defense Fund. This whole phase of their attacks, four years in the making, is almost over. And right at the end, we're not giving up. 
We're not giving in, but we could give out. So please, if you support what we're doing and want to fight for liberty and freedom and justice in the future, go to SaveInfoWars.com today. Think about a world without InfoWars. Just take a moment and sit back and think about all the incredible guests and callers and stories we've broken together, this family that is InfoWars. Think about how InfoWars is cited by Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson and Bolsonaro and other foreign leaders like Nigel Farage as being the main impetus towards firing up their main base to defeat the New World Order. The only reason humanity's still in the fight today because the viewers and listeners of this broadcast have taken action and supported this show. I don't take the credit. I give you the credit. And now InfoWars is facing its darkest hours. It isn't going to give up. Without your support, we can be shut down. Please go to SaveInfoWars.com today. SaveInfoWars.com today and donate for our legal defense fund. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. Prices climbing again as OPEC cuts output. We'll get into that story and how the UAE and others are working with Russia a little bit as the preeminence of America crumbles, as our strength crumbles here at home, as gas prices continue to go up. We just, we all look back fondly at the good times. You know, the good, the good old days, back when Trump was president two years ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, actually. Uh, back when men were real men and women were real women. <laughs> Gas was $2 a gallon. Folks, we'll get, we're going to be taking your phone calls throughout the show today. We just have so, so very much to cover. We're going to cover this uh, purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk get into that and what's uh, being said about it. We'll be talking quite a bit about culture today as well. Of course, I guess that's all intertwined. All of this really is is deeply intertwined. It's hard to know where to draw the lines. I mean, culture is big tech, right? That's where culture happens these days. But it's also having an influence on academia and else uh, and, and everything else. Figure out where to where to start here. I think we'll start with what Infowars is going through. Usually after a show, I take take a little break, eat some lunch, take my mind off all this stuff that I've been focusing on for three hours. Then you want to get back into it. And of course, I can't help it. It's like it's like watching a car crash. I have to watch every minute of the trial taking place in Connecticut, which is so dumb of me because it's spending a lot of time paying attention to something that I can't talk about on this show. So I guess that's my own fault, but that's okay. It's really just the same thing over and over, but I'm not going to talk about it. Instead, I want to show you some videos of the press conferences held by Alex Jones outside of the courthouse in Connecticut yesterday. 
We'll start with this one. It's clip number two. Alex Jones tells media what he can't say in court. Let's watch. We have a government that just blew up the gas pipeline and is starting a massive escalation of war with Russia. We live in a country with mass human smuggling across the border and a completely collapsed system. And so the establishment thinks by demonizing Alex Jones and trying to shut me down that they're going to be able to intimidate everybody else to shut up. This political establishment is collapsing and is almost universally hated. And they think by turning me into a demon, they're going to be able to scare everybody else off from telling the truth. No. The front page of Yahoo News today was reporting that Google and the UN censored hydroxychloroquine and other treatments for COVID they knew would work and help people. That's mass murder. And when the corporate media promotes mass shootings, all the studies show it encourages other mass shooters. So who is indicted is the establishment hyping mass shootings. Who is indicted is the drug companies who almost every mass shooter has been on the so-called antidepressants on their own insert admits it can cause people to go psychotic and engage in mass killing. It's on the damn label. So people want to point at Alex Jones questioning an event that the politicians jumped on, that they hyped up, that, that looked like a media production, is an American people's right. I never harassed these families. I never sent people to harass them. They have no evidence of that. I didn't kill their kids. I'm not Adam Lanza. And ambulance-chasing lawyers have already gotten these people $73 million from America's o- oldest gun company, Remington. So Alex, that was Alex Jones yesterday uh, on the court steps of the courthouse in Connecticut. He was there with Robert Barnes. Let's go now to the press conference within. And again, most of these are just put up by people on Twitter, InfoWars fans who clip this out and post this sort of stuff, which is incredibly helpful because despite the fact that you see mainstream media outlets have their mics there and are there at the press conference recording this, It usually doesn't get through the editor. It usually doesn't make the air. They don't want Alex Jones to have a voice. They certainly aren't going to turn their platforms, you know, into a platform that he can use to speak. So this is what's necessary is people like you out there watching this right now, clipping this stuff and putting it up on Twitter. So thank you to everybody who does that. This posted by Declare Victory on Twitter at 9 Multiplied. That's at the number nine and then the word multiplied. This one's called Alex Jones and Robert Barnes puts the the judicial system on trial. Here are Alex Jones and Robert Barnes yesterday. This is American justice on trial. Even the worst people in the world, which I'm not, but even if I'm a bad person, as some say, I deserve my day in court. Even the local newspaper admits I'm not allowed to defend myself. It's not Alex Jones saying this. It's the Hartford Current an article published yesterday. This is not a trial. Now, I came here to testify two weeks ago. I came here this time to testify. And the judge today said that she will hold me in criminal contempt if I say I'm innocent, if I say I'm bankrupt, if I say I wasn't the first person to question Sandy Hook and over 10 other things. No judge in U.S. history has ever told somebody what they can and can't say. I'm being ordered to perjure myself when they ask me questions or I'll be arrested if I tell the truth. Robert Barnes is my spokesperson. He'll be able to give a statement here and we'll both take your questions. Robert Barnes. This is a case uh, that has put the American justice system itself on trial. And the trial that has taken place here, this show trial, 
is an embarrassment to the rule of law in America and a disgrace and a travesty of American justice. Everybody knows you're supposed to get your day in court. Yet the one person who is being denied any day in court is Alex Jones. To such a degree that the court has made clear today that if he testifies honestly, if he testifies truthfully, he goes to jail. But if he answers the questions in the way the plaintiff's lawyers want, then he could also go to jail. No matter what he does, he goes to jail if he testifies in his own behalf, in his own defense. That is a core American right. This is a case you have to ask yourself, what is the truth that the plaintiff's lawyers are so terrified that the people hear? What is that truth? That truth is that Alex Jones participated in discovery more than any media defendant in American life and law history. A lot more than the New York Times did just down the road in New York in either the Project Veritas case or the Sarah Palin case, as is detailed in the Hartford Current publication, which talks about the internal emails, internal documents, internal financial records, all disclosed and divulged to plaintiff's Robert Barnes going to bat for Alex Jones and again saying things that they are prohibited from saying in court. From the Hartford Courant, the article that Alex was referencing there, they say this, quote, Jones has been an unpredictable element in the trial since evidence began on September 13th in large part because of an unusual punitive ruling by Bellis, that's the judge, that left him able to do little more than urge the jury to limit the tens of millions of dollars the victims are seeking in damages while opening himself up to withering examination by their lawyers. He says, Jones and the article continues, Jones and his company, Free Speech Systems, have been prohibited from defending themselves under default, but can try to minimize what they have to pay in compensatory and punitive damages. And of course, folks, I don't need to tell you this. There's a reason they're carrying out these trials to take us down. There's one way to stop it. Saveinfowars.com. Think about a world without Infowars. Just take a moment and sit back and think about all the incredible guests and callers and stories we've broken together. This family that is Infowars. Think about how Infowars is cited by Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson and Bolsonaro and other foreign leaders like Nigel Farage as being the main impetus towards firing up their main base to defeat the New World Order. The only reason humanity's still in the fight today is because the viewers and listeners of this broadcast have taken action and supported this show. I don't take the credit. I give you the credit. And now InfoWars is facing its darkest hours. It isn't going to give up. Without your support, we can be shut down. Please go to SaveInfoWars.com today. SaveInfoWars.com today and donate for our legal defense fund. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the American Journal. Although we're gonna, we'll, we'll talk about America first, but we're gonna talk about where America's heading. It's heading to Europe, essentially. We're we are slowly but surely becoming European in the worst possible way. 
let's take a look at what's happening in academia around the country real quick, shall we? Because this is sort of a sort of an underlying cause of so much of the stuff that we're dealing with. So much of the wider cultural insanity are just the ripples that are felt after, you know, the, th- the stone being thrown in the pond. That's the initial action. And then it all spreads out throughout the rest of culture. So one of the one of the stones being tossed into the pond of American culture these days is the lowering of standards. See, diversity is our strength, so we have to lower standards across the board to increase diversity. Don't think that makes much sense? Well, you're a racist. I'm sorry to have to tell you that. None of it makes any sense. The correct way to think about this is if you want to increase diversity, you need to bring everybody up to standard, not lower standards for the lowest common denominator, but they're looking for a shortcut. They want the symbolic significance of diversity without the actual work going into it. And one of the things that they've been doing in terms of lowering standards is just literally lowering standards, like not in a not in a metaf- metaphorical way, but by actually saying, okay, the standard here is actually lower now because we want more diversity. New York University did that with their standardized testing policy in 2020. Now, they blamed They blamed it on the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. They say we have extended our test optional policy due to the impact of COVID-19 pandemic for the 2022-2023 application style. For students who elect to submit testing as part of their application, NYU has been one of the most uh, flexible testing policies of any college or university. And this follows in line with the California university system and many others saying that actually standardized standardized tests are in fact racist. And so we don't require them anymore. Things like doctors getting into medical school without taking the standard test or lawyers being licensed without having to qualify as they have before this time, this time of wonderful tolerance of the incapable. And see, it's, it's a problem because it's not – it doesn't help anybody. Thomas Sowell covered this. A long, long time ago and explained it probably better than I ever could. But it's really not even that complicated. It's not something that's hard to understand. See, if you have a black student who in high school gets all A's and does extremely well and is on the track to, say, a state school or some you know, accredited university, some, some good school, uh, but then they get bumped up. Then they decide, actually, you know, you qualify for – University of Texas, but we're going to go ahead and send you to Yale. It's not good for that student. It's probably not good for Yale. It's probably not good for the University of Texas. And it's not good for the student either. And it's not good for his community or his family or his well-being because if you don't qualify for Yale, you probably shouldn't go to Yale. Again, it's really not that complicated because what happens is you take people who qualify for a state school, you send them to an Ivy League school, and they flounder. And they can't do it, and they are taking classes that they aren't qualified for, and so they drop to the bottom of the pack, and more times than not, they drop out of school with the debt that they've accrued but not the degree that they were going to earn, and they have to reverse back, and usually you can't just go, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to University of Texas now because you know Yale didn't work out. Like You have to do the whole thing over again. 
it's just a negative process for everybody involved. What about Obama? <laughs> well, yeah, okay. The, the best case scenario is you get inducted through a, a foreign exchange student program and uh, headhunted by the CIA, and then you become president. But that's a very rare, Boom. gotcha, very, very rare outcome. But now, look, if you qualify, you go to the school you qualify for. If the black student qualifies for Yale, he goes to Yale. He's successful. He didn't need any help getting there. He did it himself. He qualified legitimately, so there was no issue, right? But if you don't qualify, then you shouldn't go to a, a better school than you're qualified for. I don't know how this is complicated. Um, this Obama is, went to Harvard? Yeah, Obama went to Harvard. All right. He probably qualified for it. Say what you want about the guy. He might be uh, an evil socialist secret Kenyan, but he's kind of smart. <laughs> you have to admit, he's a pretty smart dude. He's pretty good at, at what he does, which is trick people through rhetoric, and that's mostly what academia is, is at the end of the day. But no, look, if you qualify for Harvard, you go to Harvard, you do well, no problem, no intervention needed. But if you don't qualify for Harvard and somebody intervenes and sends you to Harvard, you're going to fail. But we didn't need to spend too much time on this. It's obvious. It's absurdly obvious. So what happens now is that they've lowered standards. People that don't qualify are going to fancier schools, and they're not doing well, obviously. But instead of the school saying, ooh, maybe this wasn't a good idea, bringing in a bunch of people who don't qualify and wouldn't be able to make it on their own merit, instead they're lowering the entire school curriculum now. So two years ago, NYU says, you know what? Standardized test, not necessary. We're just going to let anybody come in as long as their skin color is the right tone. Flash forward two years. At NYU, students were failing organic chemistry. But who was to blame? Maitland, Jr., Maitland Jones Jr., a respected professor, defended his standards, but students started a petition, and the university dismissed him. That's right. So they... They allowed people into their school that didn't technically actually legitimately qualify for it. They started taking classes that they, again, weren't qualified for. They were failing the classes they weren't qualified for. They complained, and the school fired the teacher for making his class too hard, too hard for the people that shouldn't have been in there in the first place. In the field of organic chemistry, the article says, Maitland Jones Jr. has a storied reputation. He taught the subject for decades, first at Princeton and then at New York University, and wrote an influential textbook. He received awards for his teachings as well as recognition as one of NYU's coolest professors. <laughs> Last spring, as the campus emerged from pandemic restrictions, 82 of his 350 students signed a petition against him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what type of mindset it takes to sign a petition against your professor for making the course work too hard. It's just pathetic. You should be embarrassed. This is shameful. Students said the high-stakes course, notorious for ending midi a dream of medical school, was too hard, blaming Dr. Jones for their poor test scores. The professor defended his standards, but just before the start of the fall semester, university teams, teens, uh, deans terminated Dr. Jones's contract. Well... I wonder who they'll make a petition against when they are able to scam and con their way into a medical license and then their patients start dying. Who are they going to sue? We're suing the patients for being too hard to treat. Like, this isn't a small thing. It's not just like 
you know, oh, we're, we're trying to get the right percentage of races in the school and you're mad that they're stupid. No, no. These are doctors and lawyers that are going to have actual say in life and death scenarios in the future. They should be held to a high standard. I know this is radical for me to say this, but I don't want to die on an operating room table and have the doctor blame, you know, the surgery for being too hard. It's just insane. But this is pervasive across academia at this point. And I was going to cover the story yesterday because it was one judge that made this announcement. But now 12 federal judges have joined the story at Free Beacon citing concerns for free speech. 12 federal judges say they won't take clerks from Yale Law School. A dozen federal judges say they are no longer no longer hiring clerks from Yale Law School, citing a slew of scandals that they say have undermined free speech and intellectual diversity. In addition to Fifth Circuit Judge James Ho, who announced on Thursday that he would no longer hire clerks from the nation's top-ranked law school, 12 federal judges, both circuit and district court jurists, told the Washington Free Beacon they're joining the boycott, saying students will be mindful that they'll face diminished opportunities if they go to Yale, because Yale has gone completely insane and is turning out political activists who aren't qualified or capable for the degrees that they hold. Look around you. Everything I predicted from the globalist own documents, from their own admissions, is now happening. InfoWars credibility, my credibility has never been higher. And it's because of your backing of this operation that I can steadfastly, despite the censorship and the boycotts and the attacks and the lawsuits, stay on air. But now we're reaching the most critical juncture in the fight together. So I want to ask all of you today to help keep me on the air. In my decades on air, I've never asked for personal donations, but I'm being forced by the bankruptcy court to pay for 40% of the legal fees, and I can't fund those myself. It's unsustainable. So please visit SaveInfoWars.com. SaveInfoWars.com, where you can make straight donations, $5, $10, $50, whatever you can, so that I can continue to persevere. I'll never give up. I'll never give in, but I could give out. Thank you for your support. Wouldn't be without you. SaveInfoWars.com. It's the fourth coin that we've released in the last year. And I believe the most powerful, the man in the arena coin, Teddy Roosevelt. Citizen of a republic, the man in the arena. There's only 10,000 of this coin in existence in the world. It will never be made again. And it's not just an amazing historic coin. It funds the information war against the globalist. This is something you want to hand down to your grandchildren. This is something you want to own. And as a fundraiser, it is funding the information war against the globalist. Ladies and gentlemen, 10,000 coins are available. They'll sell out very quickly. Please be part of history. And thank you all for your support. You can go to 1776coin.com or you can go to PatriotCollectibles.com and secure this coin. There's only 10,000 of this coin in existence and it funds the info war. Man in the Arena coin, Teddy Roosevelt, 1776coin.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal. We'll be taking your calls throughout the next hour. We'll go, I'll go ahead and open up the phone lines right, right now. Why not? I've been mumble mouth today. I don't know what it is. I need to do my, my breathing exercises. Just kidding. I'm not an improv troupe. 
Uh, give us a call here at American Journal. The number to dial is 1-877-789-2539. 1-877-789-2539. We'll be taking your calls throughout the next hour about all of the stuff we have on docket today. And, of course, you can find these stories at harrisonhillsmith.substack.com. And you can you can get ahead of me. Go find something that's on there that I haven't talked about yet and bring it up in the call and we will get into it. I, I look to you to guide our show today. But I do want to continue with this story from the Free Beacon about 12 federal judges say they will not take clerks from Yale Law School anymore. They say, quote, students should be mindful that they will face diminished opportunities if they go to Yale, said a prominent circuit court judge whose clerks have gone on to nab Supreme Court clerkships. Quote, I have no confidence that they're being taught anything. Clerkships, particularly on the federal bench, are coveted jobs in the legal profession, and many students choose Yale over other elite law schools because its graduates have historically had the best shot of clerking for prominent judges. A boycott could change that calculus, forcing Yale administrators to rein in activist students and colleagues if they want to keep attracting the best and brightest and if they want to maintain even a fig leaf of ideological diversity. One of the bizarre things about this is in this next sentence. They say the judges joining the boycott all of whom requested anonymity in order to speak freely, which is very ominous in my opinion. You have judges, federal judges in some cases, with you know power over life and death and the decisions that they make, power to move millions of dollars. I mean you see it with lots of course, courts that you can watch on the internet – you can see that when it comes down to the actual trial, the judge is sort of a, a supreme authority, unquestionable, can make decisions without having to explain their reasoning and really have a lot of leeway in the decisions they can make. It, like It's amazing that these guys who have so much power feel that they need to keep their thoughts secret and not have – not be able to speak freely – in the public because of how insane the media is and how, you know, they might be, I don't know, disbarred or have a major media meltdown campaign of cancel culture against them for daring to speak their mind. It's, it's troubling. It's very troubling being in a culture where these people with incredible power want to speak freely but feel like they can't because of the overwhelming influence of the media in its, in its leftist bent. So it's like on one hand, it's a good thing that they're coming out against the open ideological extremism of places like Yale, but it's already gotten so bad that these judges don't even feel like they can say this out in the open. It would be something that would be very easy to justify and discuss in any sort of rational culture. Judge coming out and going, yeah, we're not taking people from this school anymore because this school is churning out psychopaths it's churning out people that are incapable of what we need them to do and it's giving them degrees based on ideological reasons and basically these people are coming out as leftist activists that don't even understand the law and are working to actively subvert it so we're not going to take them anymore that should be something that you can say openly because it concerns the entire structure of our delicately balanced system Pretty troubling. And this article goes through many of the ideological 
you know, uh, cluster bombs that are happening in uh, Yale, for lack of a better term. All sorts of things. Hundreds of Yale students disrupting a bipartisan panel on civil liberties, causing so much chaos that police were called to escort speakers to safety. Though the disruption was an apparent violation of Yale's free speech policies, Yale Law School Dean Heather Gherkin ruled out disciplinary action for the protesters. She even denied that the students had transgressed any formal policy, a move that sparked blowback from her colleague uh, Kate Stith, who warned that Gherkin was setting a terrible precedent. Well, that precedent has been well set by the entire culture at this point. If you break the law in pursuit of one ideology, you're let go. It's excused. You're encouraged in your activity. If you do exactly the same thing but for a different reason, you are not just punished appropriately for what you actually did. You are deemed a white supremacist and protesters will hound you out of the university for daring to go against the prescribed narrative like that's the issue it's not even just that like one side gets away with it and the other side doesn't it's like one side gets off scot-free and is congratulated and rewarded for their misbehavior the other side even the most minor misbehavior is treated as a world-ending transgression that must be dealt with as severely as possible it's not just unequal it's just completely arbitrary and and obnoxious Another court judge, a top, quote, feeder for Supreme Court clerkships, says he was torn on whether to participate in the boycott, but that the case for it had gotten stronger over the past year. Well, I'd say just wait until it's irreparable, (laughs) you know? Why step in and stop something before it gets to be too big of a problem to handle? Again, I just don't understand this. It's like the case for it has gotten stronger over the past year. So it was strong before. It keeps getting worse. Everything keeps getting worse. And they're like, I don't know if I'm going to step in. Let's just see if something happens that reverses this trend for no reason. That's never going to happen. Like nothing's going to happen unless you stand up. Nothing's going to reverse this trend unless people like yourself speak out to reverse this trend. But because the media is so far gone already and the entire atmosphere of acceptable language is so destroyed at this point. You can't even speak out against it. You've let it get this far. I really don't understand how how many people see what's going on, agree with us basically, and are silent about it and are scared to speak up about it. And quietly at home and amongst their friends, they'll sort of shake their head and go, oh, yeah, it's really bad. But in public or in their professional position, they are mute as statues. Why? Why are you not speaking up about this? It doesn't make any sense. And where this goes is – a horrifying reality that we don't have to look too far for. In fact, it's taking hold right across the Atlantic Ocean. This is a thread from a woman named Caroline Farrow who says, A thread about my evening. This is in the UK. She gives us a little narrative of what happened to her last night. She says, It was tea time. I was doing a chicken roast. Knock at my door. Two cops. There's been an allegation of harassment and malicious communication, and we've come to arrest you. Well, actually, they came into the door and said, there's been an allegation. Can we come in? I said, do you have a warrant? They said, we don't need one. And this six foot three bloke forced his way in. They seized all my devices, including my work Chromebook and the homework iPad, which will upset the 10 year old with autism even more because all her Harry Potter audiobooks are stored on there. And now she can't do homeschooling. Oh, also, her mother is being arrested while cooking dinner. That also can't be good for her, but 
moving on. Anyway, she says, I got frisked, shoved in a cop car, and taken down to Guilford Nick, where my wedding jewelry, my study earrings, and my watch was taken off me. A few hours later, the solicitor came and I was interviewed. Custody Sarge was a bit embarrassed. He told me that emailing people malicious messages was a crime. The PCs told him I hadn't emailed anyone, but had originally, allegedly written some insulting messages on the internet. That Those were their words. I was shown a load of posts from Kiwi Farms from Real Mother Foria and Kit Kat. I was asked to explain that Kit Kat, uh, a cartoon that Kit Kat had posted. I explained I wasn't responsible for these posts. Okay, somebody else posted something on the internet, so we're here to arrest you. We're going to confiscate all your communications, go through all of your personal papers, confiscate your daughter's iPad and your wedding ring uh, because you need to be dehumanized. You need to be treated like a criminal or a slave you need to understand your position in this pecking order you may or may not have said something that may or may not have insulted somebody who may or may not be a member of a minority group the point is put your hands behind your back ma'am husband was furious she says videoed the whole encounter when read my rights i was told that what i said could be used in evidence against me i replied that women don't have a phallus well, now you're going away for a long time. How dare you? <laughs> She's just asking for it. Police wanted to go into the parish office to seize my devices. Husband said no, they needed a warrant. Police asked why they couldn't just go in there, and my husband said because we don't trust the police. They got on the blower for the requisite permission to seize them. As I was driving off, I, told, I asked husband to tell my work that the machine had been stolen. Six-foot-three copper said, seize not actually stolen. Whatever. We didn't steal it. We seized it without permission. All the kids were pretty distraught. Just picked up messages from my eldest. Don't know if you've got access to your phone, but I'm thinking of you. It's not fair. This is happening. It's concerning. Also kind of irritating. Dad didn't contact me. I found out from someone else. Think about a world without InfoWars. Just take a moment and sit back and think about all the incredible guests and callers and stories we've broken together, this family that is InfoWars. Think about how InfoWars is cited by Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson and Bolsonaro and other foreign leaders like Nigel Farage as being the main impetus towards firing up their main base to defeat the New World Order. The only reason humanity's still in the fight today because the viewers and listeners of this broadcast have taken action and supported this show. I don't take the credit. I give you the credit. And now InfoWars is facing its darkest hours. It isn't going to give up. Without your support, we can be shut down. Please go to SaveInfoWars.com today. SaveInfoWars.com today and donate for our legal defense fund. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, welcome back. Second hour of American Journal has begun. We'll be taking your phone calls this hour. We'll get into those just as quickly as possible. We have a lot of videos to show you this hour as well. We're welcoming our guest in the third hour to talk about culture and what you can do to fight back. Just finishing up here with this uh, thread from Caroline Farrow, who was arrested, dragged away from her home while cooking dinner by the police in the UK. You know, 
I, I don't know if you know this, but there's like a race war going on in UK right now between Muslims and, and Hindus and the, the crime rate is spiking through the roof and Black Lives Matter, even though UK has no extensive history of slavery like America does, doesn't have the same racial conflicts that America did in the 1960s and beyond. Uh, nevertheless, there has been just continuous stream of protests in UK from Black Lives Matter and the Extinction Rebellion psychopath weirdo middle-aged women who go around smashing bank windows with police standing right there not doing anything about it. Like, it, again, folks, it's not that we have tyranny on all sides. Like, we have all of the bad aspects of tyranny, none of the good, you know? At least with tyranny of a classical sort, they actually punish criminals, right? At least, like, if you have, you know, some fascist leader, they're going to just stop criminals from running wild on the street. What we have here is like a tyranny, but only against the good people, only against the innocent people that aren't doing anything. All the people actually out there smashing windows and knocking down statues and attacking people in the street and throwing Molotov cocktails, they're all scot-free, running around doing whatever the hell they want. And if you say bad words on the internet, the police come knock on your door and drag you away from your home and family. Totally insane. Uh, Caroline uh, Farrow, you know, I mean, it's sort of summed up right here. She says, I, I put my side of the story to the coppers. I'd ask people not to speculate on who reported me because they will claim harassment. I actually, I'm actually feeling pretty harassed and anxious right now, as one might imagine. It's irritating that my devices have been seized, but I'm also super happy because I've not done the stuff I'm accused of and they should exonerate me. That, that passage right here this is a defeated people. Right? It's just like, you should be pissed. You should be really pissed that they dragged you out of your home for something that you didn't do. It's not like, yeah, but, you know, the good news is I'm being punished for a crime I didn't commit. I guess. I mean, like, internally, you can, you can feel justified in resistance because you're like, I am not the person they say I am. But, like, I'd be more angry in that situation. But I don't know. She says, I got the feeling from the copper who checked up on me in the cells that they were pretty embarrassed by the whole thing. Yeah, that's the other aspect of it, right? It's like that scene from one of Alex's documentaries. I think it was Police State 2 where they show the National Guard going around and confiscating weapons after Hurricane Katrina. Police are like, it's pretty crazy what we're doing. Like I, I don't like having to go and confiscate weapons from innocent people. So uh, it's, it's not good. It's not a fun thing to do. Anyway, let's go do it. <laughs> and they go do it. It's like the police are there being like, ah, it's so embarrassing how tyrannical we are. <sighs> it's really embarrassing that we have to arrest you for perhaps maybe saying something on the internet. I'd rather be out there catching the police, but hey, uh, or catching the uh, criminals. But hey, I'm just, I'm just following orders. I wonder if this was a defense at Nuremberg. Like, yes, I did herd them into the death chamber. I pulled the lever and electrocuted them with the weaponized floor and they all died but i was very embarrassed about the whole thing it was i'm frankly i just it didn't sit right with me while i was doing it while they were lining up in front of the trench i was loading my machine gun i was thinking this can't be right <laughs> you know it's just like it's you need to not do the thing that makes you embarrassed you need to you need to not be complicit and a part of the tyranny that you know is wrong you need to be a human being and you need to stand up against this mechanized 
tyranny before it's too late. Everybody needs to just have a modicum of of strength in their bones and know that you are a coward if you go along with this. You might be served well by the system, but it's Satan's system. So enjoy being what served well by the devil himself. You idiot. Listening to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, as we continue to prosecute this holy war against the satanic forces, currently tearing apart civilization from the inside out. So much to talk about. We're going to get into Elon Musk, we're going to get into Stuart Rhodes and the trial that's currently taking place against Oath Keepers. We do have quite a bit to talk about more COVID revelations, exposing more and more the crime against humanity. That was the rollout of the vaccines, the reaction to COVID as a whole. It's becoming a little bit too big to ignore. The thing is, we need to constantly be reminding ourselves of what these people have done. And as far as I know, I don't think there's a statute of limitations on crimes against humanity. I can just see the the Australian leadership now being asked, uh, did you act – wait, hold, am I remembering this? Did you send people to camps? I'm sorry. Did you send innocent people to camps based on nothing? And it's like, well, that was at least a year ago. Come on. We've all moved on from that now. Now we're dealing with the uh, energy crisis that we've started. So let's not wallow in the past of a couple months ago. Sure, we sick police dogs on peaceful protesters. Is that so much to be concerned about? I mean, that was that was in April. <laughs> it's November. What are we doing here? I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy what we went through in the last couple of years. And uh, let's not forget it, shall we? Amer- uh, Americans, human beings in general, have a tendency to just get over this stuff. Let's not. Okay, let's not get over it. Let's get even. Without regard to the phone calls, I see Max in Kansas is skipping school today. Bravo. Thanks for calling in, Max. You are uh, on the air. Line number eight. Hold on, Max. That's not Max. Who's running the phone system in there? All right, this is Max. All right, thanks for calling in, Max. You're on the air. What's going on, Harrison? How are we doing this morning? Good, thank you. Good to hear from you. Good, and you know, well, I, I unfortunately am not, am not skipping school. Every Wednesday we do have a late start um, at 9, 10. And you open the phone lines up at a perfect time. I could get a quick call in on my, as I'm walking into school right now. Um, About the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, I don't know when people will start to understand that NATO and the U.S. are literally provoking World War III right now. Um, And it's really sick to see people think that Russia, um, you know, they're the bad guy. They're the ones who are, you know, who are um, instigating this when in the raw reality, it was NATO's aggression moving east. They should have, they they should have just left it alone, and I think that they should have been dissolved along with the Soviet Union in 1991. Um, but what they're doing is sick. They're war criminals. They've been they've been backing coups and overthrows of governments for a long time now. Um, they don't promote democracy. They don't promote human rights. They're a sick, sick organization. I call them the the national or the North Atlantic terrorist organization. Um, but NATO sucks. Harrison, I love you. I love InfoWars. I love the audience. I got to go, man. We'll see you. All right. Thank you so much. Have fun. Have fun at school, Max. I'm glad. I'm glad we, glad we went to him. 
Matt, Matt wants Matt wants uh, Max to to know we all love him too. Thank you for that. Let's go to we've got line number one here. Yosh, Yosh in FEMA Region Eight. Yosh, maybe you want to say the truth about Putin. I'm sorry if I don't know how to pronounce uh, your name, but you're on the air from FEMA Region Eight. Yeah, they're trying to help you from uh, Josh to Josh. Okay, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the truth about Putin is that he's an intelligent man. He understands everything that's going on. Uh, just think about like what you were talking about uh, yesterday about the pipelines. Uh, he had a deal with uh, in Chechnya with uh, the CIA. They're working there to, with the terrorists there, just like they're doing in the Middle East. And he's just been battling Soros and the Fabian fascist uh, leaders of the world. And uh, people keep talking about whether he's losing or not. He's, it's all tactical. He's trying to move those people over there to build a border. And uh, that's just the whole thing about Putin. He's a strong leader. He's a nationalist. And he isn't some communist uh, leader like they say about the Soviet Union. He's more like the czar back in the day. For he, the Russians. He, is, he is rather czarist, isn't he? Yes. And I think he understands what's going on. And he understands that it's a long play. And I just hope people stop thinking this Cold War mentality and would actually look into his past and look into what he says, which most people don't even do that. Yeah, and I mean there's a reason that they really don't like to actually say what uh, Putin is saying. In fact, if you just repeat what Putin said, if you just say here's what Putin said and show people what he's saying, they call you a a Russian propagandist like they did for uh, Tucker Carlson, which, you know, again, it's like we just – we just take the position here of we don't like war. So what can we do to stop the war from happening and stop the killing from taking place and the looting from taking place and the wholesale destruction of our economy for the sake of Ukraine taking place? And when you look at that, obstinate, obnoxious you know, hatred of Putin is not helping anybody ever. It is contributing to the, the folly that this war is and – the baffling thing is that it's just the exact same plan that has been carried out over and over and over again from Iraq to Afghanistan. It's just like people wake up, you know, afterwards people go, why did we ever do that? What was going on? This was such a terrible idea. Why did we ever go to war over that? And then it's like, oh, but here's a new war. And they're like, well, this is good. Okay. Well, I, but this, this one is actually worth it. It's like, they don't learn lessons. It's very bizarre. And it's, Annoying being on the right side of this over and over and over again, continually just being like overly suspicious of the United States government. Just don't trust the people who run our government and you'll be right on nine out of ten points that you're trying to make. So thanks so much for that call, Yash. We have SAI in Illinois, it looks like. You have a a little plug for us. We love plugs. Thanks for calling in. SAI, you're on the air. Hello, from Illinois. Hey, Harrison, can you hear me? I hear you now. Thanks for calling in. Hey, I just want to say good morning, and I just woke up today. I made myself a cup of coffee, dropper of Brain Force Ultra, dropper of X2, and I'm feeling great, and I'm so happy to be calling in today. I'm happy to be hearing from you. Sounds like a, a great way to start the day. What's on your mind? Yeah, okay. So I just wanted to, I'm a recent college graduate. I graduated about two years ago. And I just want to talk about what you were talking about uh, in terms of academia and how it's changing. 
So there's this clip that was going viral recently of Ronald Reagan talking about the Berkeley riots. Mm. And he's going back and forth with this professor. And he says, you know, this is happening. The Berkeley riots are happening because uh, academia is letting young people think they have the right to choose what laws to obey in the name of social protest. Mm. And professors, academia, they've all just lost control over these students. And the mindset, the ideology is like a Frankenstein's monster they created and they're letting loose into this world right now. And the center of it all is the medical education industry. That's where I feel like it all emerged from. Interesting. uh, Yeah, because I I didn't see the evidence of that until later on uh, when I started seeing partly because of covid but partly because i knew people in medical school and they would just tell me stories about what was happening there and it seemed like the medical the medical side of academia would be one of the last places that this would permeate because you're dealing with you know life and death and there's already like the the hippocratic oath that tells you exactly how to behave and how to treat people and it's very fair and it's very blind to things like race or gender it's like you you treat everything as scientific Right. Gender is important in the sense that it's important to understand what conditions should be expected and where there are variations like that sort of stuff. But you don't take it into account when determining how I treat something. You always treat someone the best they can. So it seems to me like the medical industry should be the last to adopt this. They certainly have. But you think it was like one of the first or where it started? Uh, I feel like the mindset with these biology majors and in med school, it's super submissive and just do whatever you're told. And that. Uh, that's what I feel. I just got some rapid fire things, though. I think we got to get Kyrie Irving on Infowars. Um, when when Elon owns Twitter, uh, they're just going to ban Twitter, and then they're going to come up with some kind of uh, dystopian platform. There's yeah. a spiritual war. They're trying to cancel humanity, and we got to keep humanity going. They're trying to rewrite history in real time. 100%. And- you're right about everything, SAA. The biggest sale of 2022 is now live exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. The InfoWarsStore Super Sale is now live. 40 to 50% off. Bare minimum, 40% off. Many of the products, 50% off at InfoWarsStore.com. The most exciting of all these incredible products is X3. All three of the very best types of iodine that are natural and pure that actually get into your cells are in X3. The deep earth crystal iodine and two other types to maximize full absorption. This really is the missing link. X3 sold out for a long time. is finally back in stock. Available at InfoWarsStore.com or by calling toll-free 888-253-3139. Now, it takes a few weeks for this high-quality iodine to kick in, but almost everybody after that feels the effects. It's not just for your immune system, but it's for your energy and so much more. X3 back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com, 50% off. One of the ways that your audience, you encourage your audience to give you money is in cryptocurrency donations, right? Yes. Infowars.com forward slash crypto. That will end up as a clip on your show tonight. Objection. Your advertisement for your cryptocurrency page. People care about the First Amendment. And in the cryptocurrency, the cryptocurrency page, people can give you in Bitcoin. Yes. Yes. Ethereum, right? Yes. As well as XRP, Monero, Litecoin, USD coin, Dogecoin, and Stellar. This is it. Give crypto fun InfoWars. 
sponsor us with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Thanks to your donations and your support at InfoWarsStore.com, InfoWars is able to broadcast free worldwide, combating the lies of the Great Reset. Give crypto, fund InfoWars. Donate now, InfoWars.com forward slash crypto. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll go back out to your phone calls to see a bunch of good people calling in about a variety of different topics. A bunch of videos to show you. Again, you can find all these videos on my Substack as well. You can go to offlimits.news to sign up for it if you'd like. 22 photos today, so a small collection, just a just a minor collection of videos today. We have the information about the vaccine and the failure of the authorities to deal with COVID is coming out at a increasingly rapid rate we'll start with friend of the show del bigtree talking about two of the most important papers peer-reviewed that you'll ever read on the covid mrna vaccine clip number eight here it's del bigtree with his show the high wire let's watch talk about i would say this week's whistleblower it's fairly new to the scene obviously a prominent heart doctor in the uk we saw him speaking out on gbn news back in october well now he's written maybe two of the most important papers to be written about the covid19 vaccine especially the mrna vaccines it's getting a lot of press it's getting a lot of attention in many ways you could say he's going viral he's on the news he's doing um you know conferences and talking about this so this is just a taste of really the new star on the block when it comes to transparency and a passion for the scientific method. I'm talking about Dr. Ashim Malhotra. Take a look at this. I was one of the first people to have the COVID-19 vaccine. I helped out in a vaccine center. I was on Good Morning Britain helping tackle vaccine hesitancy. I did not conceive of the possibility that a vaccine could cause any real harm at all. It wasn't even part of, it wasn't even anywhere in my brain. Over a few months, conversations with various people started to make me think a little bit differently. Um, somebody from a very prestigious British institution, cardiology department, researcher, a whistleblower, if you like, contacted me to say that the researchers in this department had found inflammation from imaging studies around the coronary arteries. And um, they had a meeting, and these researchers at the moment have decided they're not going to publish their findings because they are concerned about losing research money from the drug industry. Knowing this information, which is very concerning, Stephen Gundry's paper in circulation, and also anecdotal evidence. I mean, I have a lot of interaction with the cardiology community across the UK, and anecdotally, I've been getting told by colleagues that they are seeing younger and younger people coming in with heart attacks. We have 14,000 extra unexplained out-of-hospital cardiac arrests in this yep. country alone. Israel no data. No one wants to talk about Israel data, 16 to 39-year-olds. They did a very rigorous analysis. 25% increase in heart attacks and out-of-hospital cardiac arrests in 16 to 39-year-olds, specifically associated with, associated with the vaccine, not associated with COVID. I was under the impression the vaccine would prevent transmission. We obviously now know that's completely false. That isn't true. We don't even know if it was true at the beginning. Oh, I know. 
Oh, I know if it was true in the beginning. It wasn't. It was always a lie. They always lied about everything. That's what they do, and they're getting away with it. And it's, it is – I mean honestly the strangest thing about it is the fact that people are not aware of this. They're following the science until the science takes an unexpected turn, and then they just – are off the path. They just are continuing down the trail they were going down, despite the fact that they were following the science. The science changed, but they just kept on going, just ignoring scientific revelations that do not comport with their preordained image of what they thought the science would say. It's just incredible. In fact, let's go ahead and go to clip number 17 here. This really makes things absurdly clear just how so-called effective these vaccines are this from taiwan let's watch taiwan the number of people dying after their covid vaccination is exceeding the number of deaths from the virus itself taiwan's health authorities say that as of monday deaths after vaccination reached 865 while deaths from the virus are at 845 Vaccines currently offered in Taiwan include AstraZeneca, Moderna, Pfizer-BioNTech, and Taiwan's own vaccine, Medigen. Out of the 865 deaths after vaccination, over 600 were from AstraZeneca and nearly 200 deaths after Moderna shot. I got Do I need to add anything to that? More people are dying as a side effect to the vaccine than are dying from COVID, and they are calling this a successful rollout. And they're telling you, you still need to get it. They're still taking every opportunity, including things like announcements about hurricane preparedness to remind you to get the vaccine, get the vaccine, get the vaccine, do it now. You have to. Why? Ah, We can't tell you that. Certainly not to keep you safe from the virus that it doesn't protect you against. It actually makes you more likely to get the vaccine or get the virus now. That's pretty undeniable. But this is becoming so overwhelming at this point that it's actually breaking through to the mainstream. Here is lawyer Aaron Siri on Fox News talking about the reports he obtained from the CDC. Clip number 18. Let's watch. Now that it was 463 days, you tell us, from the time that you requested this V-Safe data. V-Safe is a CDC program where you just kind of report how you're doing after you got the vaccine. 463 days to get it. Why did it take so long in your estimation, sir? It's a very good question. Why did it take numerous legal demands, multiple appeals, two lawsuits, in fact, before the CDC finally handed over the V-safe data, which is already de-identified data for the most part that they provided just two days ago, 144 million lines of code that they could have provided in a matter of minutes at any point. It's a great question. Maybe the answer is, is that now that we have that data and we've looked at that data, of the 10 million users within Uh V-safe, 7.7% of them had to seek medical care after vaccination. That is an incredibly high percentage, it appears to me. Yeah, and and if I can, sir, I just want to put this graphic up to kind of follow along with you. You're right. 7.7 required medical care. I'm talking about emergency rooms, hospitalizations. There it is right there. And on top of that, not to to go you one better, but this is your information, another 2.5 million, we're talking 25%, missed work or school or had bad reactions to the vaccine. What's the takeaway for you from this? Is it significant? It is. 
it seems incredibly significant. A big reason that they pushed the COVID vaccine is they said, look, not everybody's going to get, you know, seriously injured by COVID. But for many, it'll prevent them from having symptoms, being hospitalized, mm -hmm. uh, missing work. Well, now that we have the data, we could see that getting the vaccine caused 25 percent of people who got the shot within mm -hmm. this data set of 10 million people to miss work, to have some of serious event affecting their normal life functions. Yeah. And you also put but it I do out leave it to folks like Marty. Pretty incredible. I guess this is what you'd call mass murder. I guess the cover up of this and the deceit that they use to bring this about uh, is kind of like a crime against humanity that should be punished. And as we know, of course, people are trusting the science. and They're coming around to this and they understand what's going on. Right. Let's go to clip number 11. Where you want to treat them and, and it eats you up. If you are there to do a job as a compassionate person, there are no resources and you are told persistently on the news that, you know, care homes are being ring fenced. It, it's a lie. And I'm sorry, but if you have voted conservative, you do not deserve to be resuscitated by the NHS. Oh, that, that is harsh. Oh, that is harsh. What? That's a nurse, by the way. That's a nurse saying this. Medical Everything I predicted from the Globalist Stone documents, from their own admissions, is now happening. InfoWars credibility. My credibility has never been higher. And it's because of your backing of this operation that I can steadfastly, despite the censorship and the boycotts and the attacks and the lawsuits, stay on air. But now we're reaching the most critical juncture in the fight together. So I want to ask all of you today to help keep me on the air. In my decades on air, I've never asked for personal donations, but I'm being forced by the bankruptcy court to pay for 40% of the legal fees, and I can't fund those myself. It's unsustainable. So please visit SaveInfoWars.com. SaveInfoWars.com, where you can make straight donations, five, ten, fifty, hundred dollars, whatever you can, so that I can continue to persevere. I'll never give up, I'll never give in, but I could give out. Thank you for your support. Wouldn't be without you. SaveInfoWars.com. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. In the southern Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We go directly out to your phone calls now. About halfway through today's episode of American Journal. Remember, you support everything that we do by going to InfoWarsStore.com. We make it easy for you to do it. The InfoWars Super Sale is on right now. Massive savings on all of our most desired products. These things sell out at full price. So go now to InfoWarsStore.com and secure your Survival Shield X3, your Brain Force Ultra, Brain Force Plus, DNA Force Plus. All of the products that you hear people call in every day here to say how they've changed their lives and helped them you know, overcome sicknesses and illnesses and just get back on track. It always seems like a revelation when people call in and they, they say, you know, for years I was dealing with some persistent issue and nothing I tried worked until I tried one of your supplements. And lo and behold, it did everything you promised and more. Try for yourself any of the wonderful products at InfoWars Store and know that you can shop with confidence and that the money that you're spending at InfoWarsStore.com goes directly towards this all-important fight for the sake and future of humanity itself against a globalist technocratic takeover. InfoWarsStore.com. We need your help, folks. We will not 
stop. We will not slow down. We will not give up. But we do need your help to continue this mission, InfoWarsStore.com. Let's go out again to your phone calls. We have James in Indiana who wants to talk about big tech corruption. Thanks for calling in, James. You're on the air. Yes, Senator Hawley was on with uh, Laura Ingram uh, a couple weeks ago on how big tech was giving DOJ conservatives private messages without any warrant. Passwords are worthless because big tech can alter your accounts, send messages from your accounts to frame you, and browsers store passwords. All federal agencies are compromised. The post office has been using ICOP to spy on conservatives. They have a postal mail cover program to spy on people. The government can send you mail, scan it, and frame you. The states need to stop working with the feds to retaliate and frame people. Uh, And is there any word on whistleblower Whitehurst coming on the show? He was uh, showing in the past how the federal government was framing totally innocent people. Uh, I don't know about him coming on the show, but I'm loving the things you're rattling off. Uh, again, it's one of these things that one of these stories comes out about once a week, but it's only when you compile them all and go look at what's happening that you get a true scope of just how corrupt this system is. And yes, this I think we played a video yesterday from Laura Ingram's show that was about this topic, but more and more information is coming out about just how intertwined the – Deep State and the big tech corporations truly are. Uh, anything else, James? That was a great little little rant you just did, a little list of uh, very troubling occurrences with big tech and the deep state. What else you got? Oh, uh, lastly, uh, InfoWars should sell a sports card that has the Alex Jones show, the War Room, and the American Journal on it and signed to the right. They only cost about $0.10, cents and you could sell them for probably about $60 as a fundraiser. And there should also be a donate button to the special shows like the Trucker Show and the Veteran Show. Mm. It's a win-win to give callers uh, InfoWar products on those days. Uh, very true. I like that idea. Yeah, playing cards, that would that would be pretty fun. I, I think that would be very fun, actually. We could do it for not just people at InfoWars, but you know all sorts of people in the, in the right-wing sphere. I like that idea a lot. Of course, you, you can always donate by going to saveinfowars.com or buying one of our collectibles you know again it's amazing i don't want to talk too much about the about the courtroom proceedings or anything but you know there's this idea that it's like you pay less for your products than you sell them for on your store it's like yes like in literally every company does like how do you think grocery stores make profit by by selling the products at the same price they get them for that doesn't make any sense and I don't know if this is uh, news to anybody, but when you buy like 100000 of something, you tend to get a better price than when you buy just one of a thing. So if you're just going and buying one thing, it's a little different than when you're calling up the manufacturer and saying, I need 10000 or or 100000 of this product. That's the way that and just to, merchandise just to, works. Just to chime in yeah. on the uh on the supplement side, you know, what really does set apart InfoWars supplements is that Alex does spend a couple extra dollars, you know, um, behind the scenes to get the good formulations. A uh, great example is our B12, you know, that's a uh, methylcobalamin. You know, what a lot of people don't understand is that uh, there are various forms of B12 and cyanocobalamin, which is a derivative of uh, cyanide, uh, actually, is a way that people get their B. And um, that that uh, version of B12 is actually um, toxic, and there are studies um, that go back, you know, tens of years, decades, um, that talk about links between uh, supplementation with vitamin B and lung cancer. And lo and behold, the formulation that was most pop- popular on the market was cyanocobalamin. 
So and so that's not the get, type that we have. We yeah, have the, uh, the other get, type. When you get the when you get the high quality vitamin B, you know you feel super energized after having it, and it's it's one of those little things. You know, Alex has always said you know, his his goal is just not to screw people over yeah. with supplements, and it it that's why people come back. Right, and that's and that's the. That's why supplements are such a, a good business model, just right. But pulling the curtain back here, but a lot of people sell supplements because, like, if you take them and you like them, then you're going to come back and get more of them. And so it doesn't serve anybody to sell a low quality product and have somebody take it and go, well, this doesn't work, so I'm not going to buy this again. We want to sell you good things so you appreciate it, you enjoy it, they make a difference in your life, and so you want to come back and get more. Like it's, It really is just basic capitalism uh, that a lot of this country is trying to treat as evil because it's – well, it's us and we love America and they don't want us to be able to participate in the, the market in the same way that you know the ESG-approved companies participate. Thank you so much for the call, James. Very good. Thank you for the uh, insight as well, Matt. Good to know. Let's go to Tim in Ontario who wants to relay something or reply to something that I said about cannabis. Uh, thanks for calling in. Tim, you're on the air. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, yeah, I want to say the cannabis is like echinacea, CBD oil. It'll block the ACE2 receptor for COVID. Oh, interesting. And in lung. Actually, that's CBDA. CBDA. We were talking yeah. about this in the control room yesterday, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. And uh, CBD oil or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I didn't, uh, yes. I didn't know the uh, actual specifics. I know there's a lot of different, like, terpenoids and stuff that yeah. can also have effects. You can get CBDA do. at most places that offer CBD supplements now. And, uh, yeah, CBDA bike binds to the spike protein, so it so the, pro, the protein cannot use the ACE2 receptor pathway. Which I think is, is how they explained ivermectin worked as well, binding to that same receptor and blocking off from the virus. I could be wrong, uh-huh. though. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it is. More or less the same. Yeah, and, I mean, there were even studies about nicotine having a similar effect as well. They found in France they had a study that showed smokers had a much lower rate of, uh, of COVID, and, and they were hypothesizing that it might have been something in the, in the chemical composition of nicotine. But uh, thank you for that, Plus, Tim. Plus, hey, when, when you smoke, people think you're cool. <laughs> hey, it also looks cool. Just kidding. We don't, we don't support that stuff. It's gross. It makes you smell bad. Uh, let's go to Sauce in FEMA Region 9. I'm loving these calls today. You are saying that having a capitalistic society on blockchain is impossible. Explain that, Sauce. Hey, Harrison. How you doing today? Thanks for having me on. Good. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, no problem. So basically, yeah, having a capitalistic society on blockchain is impossible due to the nature of how, it's, how, it's, um, how the architecture is on blockchain. And for a couple examples I can give you is we have NFT projects, we have DAOs, and it's all revolving around community as it is. So we see us blending social aspects with financial, uh, with finances. Mm. So we're blending social aspects with finances as it is, which is basically communist or not communist, but socialistic by nature as it is. So we start incorporating governance, <clears throat> like voting and DAOs where everybody has a say. That's absolutely socialistic. Now, when we take into consideration for digital IDs required to be used for CBDCs, I called in earlier about that a little bit ago, like a couple days ago or something. So we're going to, there's going to have, so you guys essentially need to have, we need to level the playing field. And by that, 
the United States can no longer be a capitalistic society. By leveling the playing field, everybody globally has to be on the same page in order for this whole global, like this blockchain essentially to work. And by that, we're, we're seeing all the, all the fiats dropping in value right now, but ours is still heavily inflated. And there's a good reason, obviously. Interesting. Yeah, I, you know, I always appreciate when people call in about blockchain because um, I need to be educated about it just as much as everybody else. Thanks for that call, Sauce. Why don't we talk about cryptocurrency? Because one of the ways that your audience, you encourage your audience to give you money is in cryptocurrency donations, right? Yes. And you have a page on your website that's just for cryptocurrency donations, right? Infowars.com forward slash crypto. Is that a little advertisement just there? Well, we're fighting the deep state. We need money. All right. This is it. Give crypto fun Infowars. Sponsor us with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, right? That will end up as a clip on your show tonight. Your advertisement for your cryptocurrency page. You know... I mean, I mean, people want to keep us in the fight. So I, I, I mean, I hope whoever the big whales are, they'll give us money before we keep going. We'll just keep, we'll just keep minting money as you're in this courtroom. Objection. Objection. All right, let's move on. You know what I mean? And people care about the First Amendment. And- I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war, but I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. This will be our final segment of the hour before we welcome A.J. Rice, President and CEO of Publius PR and author of The Woking Dead. Very excited to talk to him, so we're going to try to get to as many phone calls here in this segment as possible. I have a, a special little statement to make in the first five of the next hour as well. But for now, let's go out to the phone calls. We have Brain in New York. <laughs> All right, the crew's telling me to go to Brain, so we're going to Brain in New York. You want to talk about T-Rex fossils. Uh, thanks for calling in, Brain. You're on the air. Uh, my name is actually Brian, but that's okay. <laughs> How are you, Harrison? I'm going to keep calling you Brain. Just, uh, All right. You, you better know. call me Brain. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for calling in. All right. All right. Thanks for having me. So I, I was just calling because last night before I turned in, I was flipping through the channels and I came across this story about the Tyrannosaurus Rex fossil they found some decades ago, and they named it Sue. you familiar with that at all? No, not really. All right. Well, it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex fossil or skeleton and... 
they named it Sue, but it happens to be a male, they determined. And they've always been curious about these holes in its jaw. And apparently for decades they've been trying to research what these holes are caused by. And they came up with a synopsis. So last night in the news I heard that they determined that the Tyrannosaurus Rex must have been gay and that this was like a mating ritual that had gone rough. No. And that's how it had these holes. Yes. Yes. They, I know your crew said they were going to look it up, but it was on MSNBC or CNN or something last night. They just had the article up. Guys, can we pull up that, that article and see what it says? So the article is called, What Caused Holes in Sue the T-Rex's Jawbone? Scientists are Stumped. Did they come to a conclusion here? Let's scroll down. Uh, Sue, the biggest and best preserved Tyrannosaurus ever unearthed, was no doubt a fearsome beast when this predator prowled the, what is now South Dakota about 67 million years ago in the twilight age of the dinosaurs. But even this huge dinosaur whose fossils are on, few, uh, on display in the Field Museum of Chicago is not invulnerable. The prime example is a series of circular holes in Sue's jawbone that continue to baffle scientists. New, researchers, uh, new research seeking an explanation for these holes has managed to rule out one major hypothesis, although the answer remains elusive. Uh, diameter of a golf ball on the back half of Sue's lower jawbone or mandible determined they were not caused by ty- okay microbial. This is so strange. Uh, and so the the conclusion they came up to was that that the dinosaur was gay. Is what you're telling me? They the, the dinosaur was gay and and perhaps had a little bit of a little bit of uh, the the rough. As we like yeah. to call it, the, the monkey style, po- monkey pox style lovemaking. Yeah, that's right, Allison. <laughs> I just had a call in with that. It, it sent me for a loop when I saw it last night, though. So. Okay, uh, that is just unbelievably strange, but uh, <laughs> I believe it. You know, why not? Why not? It might not be true, but hey, what are you going to lose your job saying that the T Rex wasn't gay? That's hate speech. How dare you? <laughs> incredible it's incredible yeah <laughs> frankly I, right. I'm, I'm offended that they can uh, determine its gender from its fossils you have no idea what it could have been a straight transgender woman so that's not gay as far as i understand it <laughs> brian it's all stupid it's all stupid science is stupid now thank you for call- thank you for calling in and letting us know just how stupid science is we appreciate it so dumb uh Thank you for that, Brian. That, that's a, a very important piece of information we now have. Uh, let's go to SAD in the DFW. That's the Dallas-Fort Worth area. You want to call in about the Russia situation and Stuart Rhodes' situation? Thanks for calling in. SAD, you are on the air. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. This is SAD, a.k.a. the Chief. You know me, Harrison. We did Titans of Liberty together a few times. It's of good course. To, What's up, Thad? Yeah, how you doing, brother? Good. Yeah, so, uh... Uh, great news from Brain. Uh, it's awesome that the uh, liberal media has uh, established that even the dinosaurs are gay. So, yeah, <laughs> hooray for that. Take that, homophobes. Yeah. Thank you, Brain. Yeah, so I wanted to talk to you, man. You know, we, uh, we've entered a new, a new level of, uh, of straight tyranny. You know, they're doing it in front of our faces. You know, the gentleman that, that named off all the... Uh, the websites that they're using and the, the systems that they're using to monitor, you know, not only conservatives, what the liberals don't realize is that they're being monitored as well. They have right. established a new precedent for dissent. They are now the arbiters of truth. They have already established 
what the ministry of truth is. It's, it's right there. It's clear. It's in front of everybody's face. You know, uh, Harrison, you know, uh, my involvement with the, uh, the Patriot side uh, runs deep, or it did run deep. You know, everybody kind of scattered after January 6th, and rightfully so. It was a devastating, devastating loss for many of us. Not many of us knew what to do from that point going forward. So it was like when you turn the, the light on and the roaches scatter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hate to reference roaches in terms of uh, my fellow patriots, but uh, that's what's happened. You know, my own dealings with the FBI after that entire situation are deeply troubling even now. Right. You know, so it, it's, it's a lot going on. Now you have Putin sending out doomsday submarines, according to uh, the great health ranger, yep. you know, on uh, natural news. You know, and uh, people don't understand. You know, we have uh, Radiation Awareness Month, you know, where they're trying to establish this new normal where, that we have to be ready for some kind of radi- radiological event. Right. You know, um, it, it's insane, dude. You know, uh, I really wanted to touch on uh, the Stuart Road situation because I'll, I'll tell you straight up, man, I want to run my mouth about what the feds were after, after January 6th, man. You know, they, uh, they, they, I'm going to say it, man, they contacted me and all they wanted to talk about was Stuart Rhodes. I've had limited interactions with Stuart Rhodes, but I, I, I think Stuart Rhodes uh, had the right idea. You know what I mean? Maybe right. it was the wrong, you know, uh, maybe it was the wrong strategy, you know, but the Oath Keepers were all amazing patriots, the ones that I've worked with. And, uh, you know, I want to talk to you about a a journalist that contacted me from the New York Times named Jordan Green. The gentleman hit me up on Twitter and mentioned that Kelly Sorrell, you know, a great patriot, a lawyer uh, here in this area. And uh, he he said that uh, she had mentioned me in an official document uh, in regards to myself and what I was doing in Washington, D.C. And this is all just showing the public what the DOJ was after and what they're still after. They are the long arm of this, you know, global UN, you know, uh, strong arm type strategy, you know, to, to just, just destroy any kind of dissent, right. you know, Harrison. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, I'd like to tell everyone what Ms. Sorrell has, uh, has told me, I want to tread lightly because I know her legal situation is rough right now, but I'm going to tell you what, Harrison, you know, it was great when Alex came out and he said exactly what's going on. You have a, a stay over Nazi party mm. and, and Harrison, it's on both sides, brother. It's yeah. on both sides. You don't know who to trust. And all of these gentlemen are working towards the same ends. And it's, it's unnerving and the people are just watching it. It doesn't, it doesn't hit them until it affects their day to day. And I'm telling you, Harrison, you know this as well as I do. This is going to affect everybody very soon, very soon. If you have any kind of dissenting opinion, be prepared. Be prepared to to, to go through what you just saw, you know, with the woman that, you know, apparently got hit for for no good reason by the by the this this horrible Department of Justice. Mm. If you can even call it justice anymore, you know, Harrison, um, you know, Stuart Rhodes. The, uh, the, the great guys at the Oath Keepers, you know, I mean, there's, there's, always, there's always, you know, guys that, that, you know, maybe be, they're, they're maybe infiltrators, you know. They, they may have the wrong, uh, you know, the, the wrong direction internally. But the majority of those guys were great guys. It's disgusting to see 
that this Department of Justice has established themselves at the higher level to be the arbiters of what is true yeah. and what is justice. You know, I'm sorry to go on this long rant, man, but no, no, I've, I've been I, keeping my mouth shut for a very long time, Harrison. I'm ready to run it, dude. No, I, I, I love it. I, I didn't want to interrupt you because I just wanted you to keep going. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's stay in touch, Dax. It's been a while, and I, I've. Uh, uh, it's it's great hearing from you again. I think you're exactly right in everything that you're saying. I think in some parts, liberals are like kind of just barely starting to get it, but not nearly to the degree that they should. I know when you talk about, you know, is it even justice anymore? Like people like the Young Turks who forever championed the defund the police movement are now making videos where they're like, why is this person who has been arrested 41 times out on the street. What's happening? And it's like, well, what's happening is what you wanted came true. Your desires have been fulfilled and now everything is ruined. Maybe you should think about this. And the LA Times writes this big long article about how the FBI is fabricating evidence in order to justify breaking into lockboxes in a in a in a bank. What's happening here? Well, you've run cover for them while they've been corrupted over the last several years and now you're paying the price. Now you're reaping what you sow. So I think you're exactly right, Thad, and I thank you so much for the call because you, you really covered a lot of good topics there and you know made apparent what dire straits we find ourselves in. Thank you for that, folks. We'll be back on the other side. The biggest sale of 2022 is now live. It's only running in the last week of September and the first week of October. Dozens of our best-selling products are finally back in stock and they're 40 to 50% off across the board. And the most important of them all is Survival Shield X3. All three types of the very best iodine documented to not just boost your libido, your stamina, your health, your energy, your cells, your immune system, but to overall give you more energy. It's the foundation of everything from energy to fertility. X3, 50% off, is finally back in stock exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. You've heard the callers. You've seen the rave reviews. Now experience X3 for yourself exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com, 50% off. And while you're there, check out some of the other great products that are finally back in stock and massively discounted as well. Part of the Store Super Sale running for two weeks only. Again, X3 back in stock, 50% off. 